0: Really what we just did inside of ourselves is really all any of us are doing all the time. It's just a matter of recognizing that, that that's what's going on. The challenge is when we have our eyes open and we see all these individual expressions that look separate from ourselves, we often respond to it as separate from ourselves rather than seeing our connection that is through the divine, because it is only the divine that is the connection, the oneness. So we have to look to that oneness to begin to see that as it moves about, not only in the world around us, but in the world within us. A lot of the challenges we're always looking to the world around us, and that's where we're always going to fall short, because it's hard to see it in the world around us, Unless what? Unless we usually have an example where there's somebody around us that we see, one, we go, wow, they're so loving. They're so compassionate. They're so accepting. They're so forgiving. And that's often how we begin to awaken to the divine within ourselves is that we'll often see it in somebody else around us first. And it begins to inspire or stir that divinity within us as we have the examples around us. And that's how it works in this world. It's often said, this is really not a journey of preaching or telling or talking about. It's one of living as an example, to live it. Not to just talk about it, but to live it. And that's why in here we attempt to share about how we can live that, what to pay attention to, what to be aware of. How can we be loving? How can we share loving? How can we receive loving? Because it's invisible to the physical eye, but it's very perceptible to the spiritual. As I said earlier, even Jesus said, let thy eye be single and open, and thy body shall be filled with light. Well, what is that light? Why do you think we call this organization Inner Light Ministries? It is about that spiritual light that can only be perceived spiritually through the spiritual eye, the eye of the soul. It's not the third eye. It's not the psychic metaphysical eye that a lot of people think about or hear about. It truly is the eye of the soul, the truth of who we are, the spiritual essence of who we are, our living consciousness, not this body. The body dies, the body's born and it dies but yet there's a living essence that participates with the body to give it life. But at some point, then that life moves on. Well, the body may become stationary, but that essence of life of who we are continues its journey. And so that's the journey we want to look at, is that spiritual journey of the divine that we are. Not the journey of who we are physically, not the journey of who we are emotionally or mentally, not even a journey of all of our fantasies and the imagination. Those are simply what we'll often refer to as realms of consciousness or kingdoms or mansions within all of God's creation. They're just places where we, the soul, can participate, to go to, to experience. Just as you came here today, you're having an experience here. Just as you leave here, you go home, you have an experience there. Well, the same is true for the soul no matter what realm of creation it's on. It's always the journey of experience. That's how we come to know the greater truth in all that's within God's kingdom. But it always starts with ourselves to first go into our own inner kingdom to come to know who we are as that divine spark, that divine essence of God. That's the first part of the journey that we have to awaken to. Without that, We aren't going to have the awareness of all the other journey. That's why it's always first to go within, within yourself, and awaken to the God within you. And as you do that, then you'll begin to see the greater journey of the soul throughout all of God's creation, through every kingdom or mansion. And it's an amazing journey. I know a lot of you have had experiences with that, and some of you haven't. Some of you wonder, is this really just a big fantasy? Is it real? Why, I know from my own experience it's very real. But that's why I'm sure you're here, because you want to know that for yourself. And that's what we encourage, that you really do learn and know for yourself. But there is that learning of how to move into our own personal experience of the divine, And that's what we're doing here. That's why we hold gatherings like this to share about that, to ask questions about that because there is this action of learning what it is and how we can participate with it. But then there's the doing. Then there is the participation. And then there is that action of allowing ourselves now to really be open and to experience that greater spiritual truth our divinity. And this includes all things. You'll hear us often share and here to keep it simple because in the simplicity, it gives you the opportunity to begin to really awaken. If you're trying to do everything at once, it often is just too much, too overwhelming. It's unsettling. We'll tend to go into reaction and shut down and pull back just to take care of ourselves. It's a survival mechanism. But if we can first just look within ourselves and find our own inner peace and find that connection to the divine within us, well, there's a wonderful thing that happens there. It does become still, it does become peaceful. And in that, there's an inner security and stability we find. And it takes that inner stability in order to really move forward into other experience. So that's the first step, is to move within ourselves and find that place of peace and stability, to find our center, it's often referred to. But if you know what the real center is, it's actually your own soul. That's the only true place of stability in all of this creation. There's no stability in this world. If there was, there'd be eternity or or immortality. But there's not in this world. Spiritually there is. The eternal, the immortal. The Holy Grail, all the wonderful movies we see. Trying to find how to be immortal in this world. It's a great fantasy, fairy tale. And that's where that comes from though. Out of a real inner truth. But it's not a truth in the mind, the emotions, or the body. It is a divine truth, the Spirit. So we have to go into the Spirit to awaken and come to know that divine truth. And so this is a journey of awakening to that divine truth of loving. There's so many ways to describe this, and we use the word God. The word God is used so much now, and people look at that and interpret God so many ways. A lot of us love God, a lot of us hate God. There's all that out there. It's just a frickin' word. (laughs) Seriously. Why put so much energy on a word? Why get caught up in a word? Is that really what's important to you? Or is God itself the beingness that God is of what's important to you? In other words, let go of your hang-ups we got to give up where we are caught up mentally and emotionally on things in order to begin to even give ourselves a chance to come to know that true essence that God is. In other words, we've got to pay attention. What are we thinking? What are we feeling? What are we doing in our lives? And it's important to understand the things that we've been doing where we lack the awareness says what we're doing does not support us in becoming aware of the divine. Now, a lot of people take what I just said and now go into reaction and make it wrong that I'm a real screw-up. I'm doing everything wrong. No wonder I'm a mess. Well, it may be true. (laughs) I got to throw the jokes in there somewhere. Well, sometimes there is truth because we do judge ourselves when we hear a lot of these spiritual principles. But that's part of the trap. you got to let go of the judgment. Nobody, nobody's doing anything wrong. Well, how about if you start taking that concept, because that's all it is is a concept, until we make it our reality. But that's up to us to make it our reality. So there's something we have to do To make it our reality. That's what we're talking about here. There's the learning, the information, but then now there's taking all that and applying it to make it our experience, to make it our truth, to make it our reality. And that's what we want to do. This isn't about preaching. We are not a church of preachers or evangelists here. This is about sharing, giving clarity and understanding. Jim and I share out of our wisdom of knowing of our own experience. We don't preach. You don't see a Bible up here. But a lot of the things we'll say you'll have read in the Bible, you'll have heard in different scriptures, all throughout the planet. I don't care what part of the planet. The true spiritual teachings have always been the same. Sure, there's variations from culture to culture. Always is. But underneath all that, that's the same as, why get hung up on the words? Why get hung up up on the language? Why not go for the truth of the divine itself that is in all of creation? One of my favorite ones is when I get into it with somebody and they want to prove how right they are, but God is this way, God is that way. I said, okay, okay. Wasn't it also said that God created all things? Oh, yeah. Well, then don't you think God is in all of God's creation? So how can you condemn something? Do you know in truth you're condemning God when you condemn anything? Oh, God, I'm giving you a lot of things to beat yourself up with today. <laughs> I would hope you don't, though. A lot of this Sharing that we do here is just to say, Wake up. Look at what you're doing. Pay attention. Are you believing something that's totally false and an illusion and prating it around as a truth, a reality? You may be. But you see, we have to be willing to look. To look at what we're thinking, look at what we're feeling. Look at what we've bought into and that we are living. What is the example that we are living? We're all living examples, every single one of us. But what is it that we are the living example of? Are we a living example of the unconditional loving? Or are we a living example of control and dominion and fear? Fear Fear-mongering, oh yeah. Well, all of us are. We wouldn't be here if we weren't somehow mongering fear. There's also the fear eating, and that's what loving does. So become a loving monger. It's easy to be a living example of loving, all you have to do is be open, be accepting, be forgiving. We're going to judge the heck out of each other and everything going on in this world. Why make it wrong? It's what goes on. Accept what goes on and you'll stop fighting with it. You'll stop resisting the way things are. And as soon as you stop resisting and let go and allow things to be the way they are, I mean, you tried enough to change it anyway. How well has that worked? (laughs) When we can allow things to be the way they are, we now begin to set ourselves free of our own struggle and resistance with the way things are, the way they are. So we stop trying to control, in other words. That's all resistance is. We're trying to get it the way we want it to be. And I'm going to make it so. Good luck, because guess what? Everybody else is doing the same thing. Why do you think everybody's always arguing and fighting all the time? But when we can begin to just accept things the way they are, we're right there. We've let go of our struggle and our control. And then in that, there's now a space. Before there was no space. We were clamped down, shut off. But now there's a space. We're open by accepting the way it is. We are open now. Is there any way we could adjust the thermostat a second here? I'm getting pretty cold. I'm feeling some... And that ain't a movement of spirit. (laughs) It's getting chilly. One of the Laura's or Henry or somebody back there, could we have you turn the thermostat? Okay, okay, I go back. I accept the way it is, and those things that are in my control to change, I will change. (laughs) I've got a friend, you know, he's taught, you know, don't take the Lord's name in vain and so they don't say, Jesus Christ. And Oops. He says, cheese sauce rice. (laughs) (laughs) Cheese sauce rice, it's cold in here. (laughs) Man. (laughs) I'll take a macaroni and cheese, thank you. Okay, so some things we can control by simply pushing the button. Thank you, modern technology. <laughs> so, where was I? Oh, that's right. I was demonstrating what control looks like. That's right. Well, that's what I try to do at Jim all the time, and that doesn't work, so. That's why I've learned to accept him. I mean, accept things the way they are. <laughs> And forgive him, I mean forgive myself, for (laughs) judging him. I just shared a little secret with y'all. Stop judging others and start forgiving yourself for judging others. That's when forgiveness works. Forgiving others doesn't do squat, seriously. Have you forgiven other people and they don't change at all? They still (laughs) piss you off? Well, exactly. But when you forgive yourself, forgive yourself for judging others, you start now what? You're saying that you're okay. Because guess what we're doing inherently, unconsciously when we're judging others? We're actually judging ourselves. And what is that telling ourselves? We do not love and accept ourselves. That's what we're really saying. Did you ever look at it that way? Well, guess what? That's what's actually going on. You don't have to believe a thing I'm saying. I'm just saying, take a look. I think you'll find out for yourself. I'm just sharing what I found out. And I found, as soon as I start forgiving myself, accepting myself the way I am, well, the more love I find just flooding in me and through me. At first, it was always, I thought it was just God's love for me, which it is but then I also discovered it was my love for myself which it is because guess what we and God are one there is no separation there is only the experience the illusion or the sense of separation and all we're truly doing through this action of meditation and loving and accepting and forgiving is simply awakening and really moving back into that awareness that there really is no separation and that we truly are one with God and always have been. We're just playing a game down here. That's the truth. We always have been. There's never been a time we're not. We just got caught up in the game of separation. That's all. We just got caught up in a game. That's all it is. It's a game. Why do you think I goof around all the time? Because aren't you supposed to have fun playing games? Well, it's not fun when you don't know it's a game. But when you know the game that it is, it starts to actually get a little bit fun, and sometimes a lot fun. But there's a way by which we move into that truth and know the game that it is. And we know the truth. But often in awakening to the truth of our oneness with God, we often will first awaken to all the games that give us the experience of our separation from God. And that's what makes this journey, this life, this whatever, such a challenge and such a struggle. Because we're not aware of the game itself. So a lot of what we're doing is learning the game and how it works and realizing that the game is one of avoidance or separation. And once you realize that, you go, oh my God, it's all a game in this world. Well, maybe it's a game in the divine too. Maybe we chose the game. Maybe God laid the game out and said, hey, go play, have fun, my divine child. Go have fun with all your brothers and sisters. And if you were like me when I was a kid, when I got upset because I was losing, I'd throw the board game up in the air so nobody could win. Well, that's the other game of this game is winning and losing. There's no such thing as winning and losing. Again, another wonderful game of separation. You trying to win at the game of lice? Did I say (laughs) that? Lice and maggots, for all that goes. <laughs> you know a lot of those tongue slips today. If you're trying to win at the game of life and lice, get some shampoo to wash it out, and realize you've already lost. But here's the funny thing: nobody wants to be a loser. Why not? Why not lose it all? Why not lose all the separation? Why not lose all the illusions? Why not lose all the false belief systems that have created the separation that you simply have bought into and have been running? Why not lose all of that? Well, see, that's how the game works. You've got to be willing to lose or let go of all that in order to gain the awareness, the knowing, the truth of your oneness with God. So be willing to be as big a loser as you can because then in doing that, you will gain everything. Because Guess what? God is all there really is anyway. That is everything. But to get everything, you've got to be willing to lose everything you've been hanging on to. And guess what? Well, my God, am I going to lose my soul? Am I going to lose my divinity? That is the only thing you cannot lose. How can you lose yourself? You may feel lost, but you're still with yourself, even in feeling lost, aren't you? You can't lose yourself. There's no way you can separate you from you. Even the phrase, with God, all things are possible well, sorry, that one's impossible. You cannot lose yourself from you. But notice the other part of the phrase, with God, all things are possible. So you've got to go inside to God. But then you take that phrase, with God, all things are possible, and then try to create or manipulate the physical to get exactly what you want. Is that how you interpret things like that? With God, all things are possible. Do you always make it about the physical world? Are you trying to take these spiritual principles to get exactly what you want physically? What if all those spiritual teachings over all the ages, from all the different sources, We're never about and never had anything to do with your physical life. And all we've been doing is trying to make it about our physical life. Wow. That's really messed up. But that's what we're doing. Most of us are trying to take spirit and bring God into the world and get the perfect life, create all the things in the world the way we want our world to be. That's why it's so messed up. And everybody's always right. Everybody thinks they got it. God is on their side. Well, God's on everybody's side and all around them as well. And inside, in truth, all these spiritual teachings have never, ever been about the physical world. So if you want these things to work for you, you've got to let go of the physical and really start focusing on the spiritual. God is in and of spirit. In order to really know and worship God, we have to go into spirit. That means we've got to let go of the physical. We've got to let go of trying to bring God into the physical and rather bring ourselves into God. That's what we're doing with meditation. That's what we're doing when you hear us talk about this Laugh acronym, loving, accepting, forgiving. That's what we're doing when we talk about taking responsibility for our thoughts and our feelings, our actions and our reactions. In taking responsibility, we are now beginning to claim, to accept, to forgive ourselves and all the illusions of separation that we've created in our own lives. And letting it all go so that now there's nothing in the way of sharing and receiving and loving with God. These things are simply in the way because we've made them more important than God. They've just become a distraction. I'm more concerned about my physical experience than I am about God. That's all we've done is made those things more important. But you see, you've got to be okay with that. Because if we had not done that, we would not have come into this physical experience. God created even this physical creation, no matter how bad or dark or evil people say it is or think it is. And it certainly looks that way at times, I know. Well, God created it all so that we could go and experience it. So why not love our experience and love all of the creation rather than judge it and make it wrong? That's not why God created us. God created us to love all that God is and to experience all that God is. That's the game. So when we don't love all things, we simply bought into the illusion of separation. That's all. It's really that simple. But I wish the awakening would happen instantaneously. And it does. But usually it's more of a little of enlightenment step by step to the greater awakening of knowing our oneness. Just like it took us a long time to create all the separation and distraction, it can take a little bit of time to let go of all that, to wake up once again and know the truth of our oneness with God. But we can do it. Everybody can. Nobody's excluded. There's no exceptions. Nobody's that special. Not even Lucifer. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. Oh, the evil one. Well, who created the evil one? Come on. Go look up. When you leave here today, go look look up the word Lucifer and what it means. You'll be surprised. The shining one. Wow, that doesn't sound so evil to me. Love all of God's creation, and you will love God. And guess what? And that loving is how you awaken and know the truth, and you will know who you are, you'll know who God is, you'll know your oneness in all of it. And that's the way. As I say, loving is always the way, and it is the only way, and it is the only thing. You'll be very wonderfully surprised when you wake up just as I have and Jim has and discover for yourself that it's all loving and that's all there is because that's all God is. It just seems confusing looking at all these different forms that often don't look or sound so loving. But loving is in and through it all because loving is life itself and it gives it all animation and expression. Without that loving essence of spirit, it does not exist. So as that spirit of life itself withdraws itself out of the animated forms, the forms die. That's what we call death. So was it ever true to begin with then if it could be born and it dies? Or was that just the illusion? And the only truth Is that which is not born and does not die. That's why they call it eternal. The eternal one. The eternal one, not the eternal many. So the many eventually return into the one.